Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 52 of the New Slang Podcast. I'm Thomas Mooney, and on this week's episode, we're joined by singer-songwriter Sam Morrow. Sam just recently released a new record called Concrete and Mud. If you're into the, um, into like 70s country kind of stuff, it kind of goes from like truck driver music to uh, Little Feet influenced um, country grooves, rock and roll kind of stuff. You're going to probably enjoy this record. On this episode, um, we really do talk a lot about the record, but what it, we ended up talking a lot more about, uh, and this is like one of my favorite things, is whenever you're talking to guys about um, their thoughts on the various things that are happening within the music scene, um, kind of test out some theories, if you will, or, or not necessarily t- test out, but talk about theories and um, their thoughts overall on why certain people have success and um yeah i don't know we'll just listen to it in the episode um sam is like a he's he just really has some really great opinions and insight on a whole lot of this stuff uh isn't afraid to share his opinion so that's a lot of fun and um yeah anyways um if you haven't already you know liked or subscribed to the new slang podcast go ahead and do so uh leave us a review and um, follow us on all the social media stuff. You can find me at underst- uh, underscore new slang on Twitter and so and on Instagram. And then go on to Facebook and just search for new slang. Give us a like and you won't miss any new podcasts or anything like that. Anything else we publish. And uh, yeah, here's the conversation with Sam Morrow. You sound good, good over okay, here. Cool. I'm probably not going to wear these the whole time, but I uh, always like to get a good gauge. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you got this new record out, Concrete and Mud. Um, yeah, like what, uh, I guess like what went into making this record? Like how, like what were you, what, what did you set out to say with this record that you wanted to, um, just like a general kind of. I, you know, I've kind of just learned a lot about, um, you know, the direction that I wanted to take with my music in the last, like, two and a half years since my last record came out. And, um, <laughs> you know, a lot of a lot of my old stuff was kind of sad bastard kind of stuff. And, uh, but that's not really who I am, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, I was, I was, my first record, I was, like, just getting sober and you feel all weird and, you know trying to get all that bullshit out um and but now you know i'm just sort of living life and i'm happy and um so i wanted to sort of reflect that in my music and 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 also like i've I've always sort of had this background of of funk um and the stuff that i listen to like groove based stuff and um soul and uh rock and roll and i, I kind of wanted to explore that a little bit more you yeah. know and and I also didn't want to just make like a country record, you know, because everyone and their mom's doing that these right. days, you know. Um, there's definitely some country tunes on the record, and it's definitely influenced by it in a lot of places. But um, 
It's, I mean, call it what you want, but it's not really that. You no, know? I know what you mean. Yeah. I, I love, I don't, I don't really love it, but I love how like country and like Americana is just like that catch all. Yeah, know? exactly. And, yeah. Um, but it's, it's, that's, that's how you describe people with music in five seconds. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, I say it's always harder to be like, okay, well, let's just sit down and actually describe what this music is. It's going to be a half hour. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I say, I say, I tell people I play country music just because no one knows what the fuck Americana is, the lay person, you know, like obviously you right. and I do, but most people that just listen to the radio, they don't know what that is. And then when I say country, I kind of have to explain that it's not the kind of country that you hear on the radio also, you know, yeah. so it's not like a, I don't know, I still, have, I'm still trying, if you think of a good way to ex- describe <laughs> my music, please let me know. Yeah. Know? Well, I mean, there is that um, aspect of like the, kind of like the that California country sure. kind of country rock stuff. But then on this record, there's a whole lot of the, uh, kind of like the, that Southern version of that, like sure. the little feet kind of yeah. thing. Um, yeah. Like what, what, what kind of, how, how did you decide to like start blending those kind of sounds, if you will, together? Um, you know, I think that this record, I, I, you know, this is my third record and, uh, I just kind of had experience. I finally kind of had experience in the studio. I had experience in production and like the recording process and and combine that with like I kind of stopped giving a fuck about, you know, what uh you know, I don't want to say what others thought of me, but that's kind of a blanket statement, but I just wanted to make what I liked, you know, right. and like just blend it all together and and see what happens, you know. Um and there is like you know being from texas um you know i do have like those southern roots of you know zz top and you know little feet's actually a california band but they sound like they're from the south uh, yeah um and skinner is another big influence for me and um so i just wanted to like like i said i didn't want to make a country record and um but I kind of play a lot of country tunes and then I wanted to incorporate like this funk rock and roll. Um, and the last song is just kind of straight up folk, you know, kind mm-hmm. of, uh, echoed my first, my first record a little bit, you know? Um, so I just wanted this to be just like a pile of, of whatever I have creatively, you know? Right. Um, and, uh, you know, luckily it all kind of, mixed well together and made sense you know mm-hmm. but i wasn't really trying for it to make sense going into it you know <laughs> what i mean it, there's just kind of for some some way we ended up with sort of a a consistent strain throughout the whole thing and uh it just sort of worked out you know yeah i think like what what i kind of hear throughout it is like this little bit of this uh warm vintage kind of sure. sound like this yeah. Uh, for lack of a better term, like this little bit of a buzz, you sure, know what I mean? It's yeah. like a warm buzz to it that yeah. I think is kind of a, it reminds you of a whole lot of the old records of the seventies and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, that's sort of what we wanted production wise, you know, like I, I spent a lot more time in the mixing process too, you know, um, cause that's kind of where that happens a lot of the time, you know, uh, like we recorded, we did very few overdubs on this record. We recorded like pretty much all of it live um so that helps Mm -hmm. absolutely kind of getting that old school sort of 70s sound you know um 
but the mixing is important too you know the post yeah. stuff is important for that sound too you know yeah uh like how how big of a period are these songs from i always like to sure. try and gauge like are these all kind of from like a, a short little rapid period or is there some like really old songs and some there's not really any old ones um i'd say they're all from the past like two and a half years since my last record um some of them from like right after my last record came out and um some one of them we wrote in the studio you know like i came in with just a lick and i'm around a bunch of good players and we just kind of wrote it together you mm-hmm. know so it just kind of spanned that whole two and a half years of my life which you know the last like two years of my life or uh, I'd say 2016 and t- the beginning of 2017 was really hectic for me, you know, just the life stuff, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is always good for writing, you know. Right. <laughs> so um, lyrically, a lot of it came from that, you know. Um, I kind of changed my writing process a little bit um, this time around. And since since the songs are like more groove based, sometimes I would just start out with a groove and right around that, you know, when in the past I would start out with a melody and right around that, you know. Um, so it was a little different process, I guess, than the last the last couple of records. You mm-hmm. know? I always like to, I, what I find fascinating, especially whenever you have like a, an artist that has like a, such a rich, full sound, is if they think of like that final product when they're first stepping out like in and writing that song you know what i mean yeah. or does it it does everything kind of come from a either like a piano or acoustic guitar bass you right. know what i mean and it's strange how something that can be so sparse morph into what you know right later, right right yeah i mean i think this record i was when writing these songs obviously i was just writing them on it acoustic guitar mm-hmm. and but i think that i was super sensitive and conscious to what it was going to sound like later and what I, what i wanted it to sound like later you mm-hmm. know um and i could hear in my head what i wanted the band to sound like like this is a this is a band record you know um i i, I sat down the other day because you know i got some solo shows coming up and um I kind of had to like revisit the songs acoustically, you know, and, and right. kind of um, make them their own thing acoustically because a lot of them don't translate exactly back to just an acoustic guitar, you know. Um, it's like that de- like deconstructing process. process. Exactly, right. yeah, which normally for me it's the opposite where mm-hmm. I, I, I have to go in and like produce and, you know, um, come up with like band arrangements, but that's kind of where I started the songwriting process at. Um, so it's just been kind of backwards. If everything's upside down, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've been spending time out in LA, right? Yeah. Like that's yeah. where your kind of your base is now. Yeah. Yeah. I've been out there for about, uh, about seven years now. Um, how'd you get out there? Uh, I just kind of needed to change the scene. As I was talking about, I got I got sober like seven years ago, and I just needed to get out of Houston and Austin, you know, mm-hmm. for a little while. And I just haven't left yet, you know. I think eventually I'll end up back in Texas, but you know, right now I'm 
I got something going on out there and you know I've 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 got friends out there and right. I got a girl out there so um I just haven't left yet that's what I always tell people you know what I mean it's it's expensive as hell and you know most of the people I don't like you know but um I just haven't left you know so right. it's and there's there, you know there's like sort of a a revival of like an Americana like California country kind of mm-hmm. community out there um that it's kind of nice to be a part of something that's like I don't know if grassroots is the right word to say for that but something kind of starting out there you know um it's kind of a cool thing you know i i can stand out a little bit more rather than going to nashville i'm just some other white guy with a guitar you know Um, another east nashville guy yeah exactly exactly um um so yeah man like i said i just i haven't left yet you know yeah uh i don't know i've always kind of been uh interested in what like la life is and like how what that music scene is because so many of our favorite records were recorded out there. Uh, but yeah, like, yeah. You also really don't ever think of there being like a, an original sound from LA, if you will. Yeah. Cause everyone else is, just, everyone's just kind of a transplant, right? So you're just exactly. kind of like bringing your yeah. own sound. In exactly. A way, yeah. And then it kind of morphed into something, but you like, you really don't ever think of like, what is your, uh, typical LA band that's like from LA, other than like Red Hot Chili Peppers or yeah, I think like Metallica. Uh, yeah, but I don't know. Even the California country thing, kind of like I still don't fully. I don't know if anyone fully understands like what that is. You yeah, know what I mean, it's just kind of like oh, that's that's country from California. You know, it's California country. I'm like, well, I mean, does it have like a specific sound or you know? Like, I think like there's just like that desert kind of feel to it yeah texture yeah. yeah i mean like i get the birds fine burrito brothers you know mm-hmm. grand parsons um i mean I, I get the sound of all that um but i don't know it's 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 just another one of those sort of like blanket terms like americana or country right. you know it's just kind of easy to throw a label at something i guess um but call it what you want as long as you're buying the record you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, I, I don't know. I, I do. I hear like a little bit of those, those like I said, those warm textures to, yeah, you, yeah. to you. So like that's why I kind of think about is like that aspect. Right. Um, but then there's also like the something that Graham Parsons kind of did was the uh, like the truck driver kind of song. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And like you got a couple of truck driver-ish sure. songs on here. Yeah, yeah. Which is funny that you say that because those songs i kind of wrote with billy joe shaver in mind right really Graham parsons you know um well except for skinny elvis is kind of like i wanted to have like at least production wise like sort of a ooh las vegas kind of vibe so that one i did sort of go Graham parsons but like for good old days my reference was you know george on a fast train yeah i wanted to sort of have that sort of sound you know um which I guess is a Texas country kind of thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's always, it's the thing about Texas country though too, is like, that's also a blanket term. Cause you can say like yeah. Texas country and think 99% of people are going to think Pat Green, Randy Rogers, yeah. but like you can also say Texas country and really mean more like the Billy Joe Shavers and the yeah, Guy Clarks. Or and even the, George Strait, you yeah. know, like, um, 
Uh, yeah, it's a blanket term, man. Like, those yeah. guys don't really sound alike, but uh, <laughs> you can kind of put them all under that umbrella, right. you know. I, I always try and use Texas music to even make it even yeah. more broad. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Just confuse people even more. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I always love the when you see it on Spotify a whole lot when people are like, oh, check out my playlist. Uh, yeah. And they'll have it like Texas Country. And it'll be everything from. Randy Rogers to like Jonathan Tyler yeah, to like yeah. Quaker City Nighthawks to which are not country at all. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just Texas mu- Texas music would fit that better. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I know like you, a few things that you've talked about. You've mentioned Little Feet. I never really got into them until hearing like Quaker City Nighthawks talk about them. Yeah. What yeah. uh, I guess like I've I'm still a novice at what they about their music but like what is it about that sound that's been that attracts you to kind of like the um i i think the way that little george like structures songs is is so unique you know like there's songs like cold 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 um that like it's hard to even find the one of that song you know it's mm-hmm. he used to my friend, my guitar player, that uh, he plays a lot of slide on on the record, and he lives in Topanga Canyon, which is where um, that's where Lowell lived, and a lot of the guys in Little Feet um, lived. Um, he said Lowell used to have this uh, like little beat machine, um, and that's kind of what he would use to write to. But he would um, basically like switch the one with the two, and then use the two as the one. And just to sort of, like, turn stuff on its head, you know, and make, you know, just, like, American music um, or, you know, American rock and roll or um, American country, um, just make it a little bit funkier, a little bit weirder, um, take a lot of chances, you know, Um, which is really what I set out to do on this record, you know, like, putting Wurlitzers through phaser pedals and... Um, you know, doing weird stuff like that. Um, so I think that's kind of what attracted me to him. Um, and I mean, he's just got a badass voice and he's a killer slide player and, um, you know, he's just got like the classic rock and roll story where he like was just a crazy motherfucker and owed overdosed on cocaine, you know, um, which for some reason, like. I idolize those kind of people, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, I, I don't know, man. And just listening to their records, uh, it just was kind of, it just hit me. I, I didn't really listen to them until like five or six years ago. You know, mm-hmm. I had heard like Will in and, and Dixie chicken. Yeah. Um, but really to like dive into their records is like five or six years ago. And, um, it just sort of hit me in a way that like, I almost felt like I hadn't heard anything like that before, you know? Um, so, yeah, man. I mean, dive deep into the records, man. Yeah, yeah. I like on vinyl, too. I've got know? a few uh, on vinyl. I have a... What's her live record called? They've got, like, one that's, oh, like, a red one. Uh, yeah. I can't uh, what it's called. I'm the worst with record names, man. Um, I know what you're talking about, yeah. though. I'm, my favorites are, like, the first three. After the third... The one with Dixie Chicken on it. Um, the production gets a little weird. I don't, I don't know. Like, they're trying to 
go kind of 80s ish i don't know it gets it gets a little too processed you know i like like sailing shoes and feet don't fail me now you know those are those are the best man yeah it's always interesting to see um when you when you take an artist's discography um what i find interesting at least is that we're at an age where we can just look at everyone's discography at one time and not in the moment and you think like oh well why was there a change and like trying to like find what it was in the overall music scene that made that change happen and you see a whole lot of that stuff with with the 80s as far as like the big uh, time in the 80s yeah like early stuff being influenced by disco and then like just the way records were being produced and like then you see another shift at the like the hair metal fad yeah and it's like it's weird whenever these long established bands chase a fad if you will right you know? yeah. yeah i was just talking about that like with my drummer on the when we were driving out to texas like zz top is one of my favorite bands and uh like i've listened to them since day one mm-hmm. of my life not their life yeah <laughs> uh and like we were talking about how like for a while there i mean their their newer records are weird you know they're they're kind of like they're really like pandering to like the kid rock bass you know like <laughs> almost like like super processed and like almost like rapping it's bizarre but specifically the 80s like the eliminator record mm-hmm. you know like they use they start using all these synths and um you know really processed vocals and stuff like that it's nothing like you know trace hombres or you know jesus just left chicago or anything right. like that you know um or uh why can't i think of the name of that is it rio grand uh mud or i can't think it's of the real name grand yeah it may be it's, mud yeah I think it's mud. I mean, yeah i think it's real grand mud anyways like once they hit eliminator it starts to like get a little weird with and the songs are still great like yeah legs and uh uh uh, what's I can't I can't think of it. Yeah. you know the legs is about, a really though. great example. Le- yeah, legs with that sort of like pulsating synth in there, yeah. um, which is it's cool, but it's it, it chases that whole fad. You know, right. um, they're obviously sort of pandering a little bit. You know, yeah. There's a like I'm really horrible at all like the music terms and stuff like that as far as like the the uh, technical side, but I was watching this video on. Uh, on I think it was Vox, and they were talking about the uh, gated reverb for drums being like oh, a, yeah. making a comeback, yeah, and like how that's a shame they used it <laughs> so big in the eighties, yeah, and like everything from Springsteen to uh, Genesis to like Michael Jackson to like just basically every band, yeah. And then like what they were talking about was like how basically they overused it, and so like yeah. it did not happen during like the entire nineties, and rarely happened in the early 2000s but then like you can hear it on some new stuff now yeah and that's whenever you go like any song that you go oh that's kind of sounds 80s it's like 99.9 percent going to be that gated reverb on right the, on exactly the drums. and that's i don't know i think that's a it feels like a dated sound but it also i kind of like it i i mean but i don't want like every damn pop it's song a certain thing you know to, it's, to it's it. its own thing you know like, yeah i I have always said, like, 
whenever I'm revisiting like '90s country records, like Alan Jackson or, or George Strait or mm-hmm. whatever, like I wish that we could just like get a hold of those masters and mix them like you would mix a song today you know like <laughs> not like not like the 90s country mix that sometimes i like i just can't stand sometimes you know it just seems like so cheesy and it has some of that the gated reverb on the drums and like really big obnoxious snares and toms and um yeah i i, I feel like those songs would be so much cooler if they just got remixed and uh, revisited, you know, because they're yeah. all great songs, you know. Yeah, one of the songs that I think is one of those where you go, you you revisit it today, and you go, that did not age well <laughs> at all. Is uh, Indian Outlaw by Tim McGraw? Uh, Tim McGraw. Yeah. You're like, that is like really a racist song. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and like in the mid '90s, as like a eight year old kid, you're like, this is an awesome yeah, song. And then song. you like look back and you're going. It's pretty good. It's probably a good thing. Like he's not yeah, he like playing that right ago. now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's exactly. one of those songs. There's that, tons of songs like that, man. And that's like that's more of like a content, right? A, not age well, but you know, there's I don't know that '90s production just sometimes drives me insane. Sometimes I won't listen to like '90s country records just because, just like, ugh. See, I like the that, '90s country. You know? What what bothers me more is the 80s country that kind of was like just soft rock dis- yeah, disguised yeah. as 80s country sure that's yeah. kind of like more where i 80s go. were definitely weird too you know um i don't know I, I i can't say that i don't like 90s country but sometimes like i just can't listen to stuff. a song just because like i'm like let me remix this for you and then i'll just listen to it just me i won't <laughs> give it to anyone else except for me you know yeah See, for me, like, the 80s would be, like, the Ronnie Millsaps. Sure. And, yeah, like, yeah. even some of the Alabama stuff, I'm going, that's just a soft rock. That's, like, yacht rock right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I get that. I get that. It's just one of those things where... I don't really listen to a lot of that stuff, so I don't really... No, I, I know what you mean. Like, because you know. a lot of this is more just based off of just being a journalist and having a, Yeah, like, yeah. Just listening to it. It's just to go, like, yeah. oh, yeah, I want to go and, like go down that rabbit hole yeah. and then going like what did, what was wrong with it like right you yeah. know um but i don't know I, I, some reason people do love 80s country a whole yeah. lot and i'm like hey, it's, it's their own good. man you know I mean, like at the on the other end though there is like some of the like rodney Crow stuff from the 80s that yeah. does sound good yeah and it does you can tell that it's from the 80s but like it sounds good he kind of always stayed true to mm-hmm. the song you know he he's never been very like frou-frou or you know like a lot of like post tricks or anything like that yeah. you know he's just kind of been a songwriter that like the song serves the song you know i mean he's one of the he's one of the best you yeah know? um we're talking about the the whole chasing fad kind of thing something that's interesting too is if you look at like the the greats like the the Willie Nelsons or like the Johnny Cashes sometimes they even chase those fads oh yeah like um I mean Willie Nelson did a song with Snoop Dogg exactly and his his newer stuff I I shouldn't be like talking shit about Willie Nelson (laughs) on on a podcast I'm not talking shit about him but you know he's old now so like 
you know, he, he can't really sing in key as well. Like, his guitar playing is kind of, he has trouble singing in rhythm and stuff. So a lot of his new records, like, you can tell, it sounds like T-Pain on some of them, you know, mm -hmm. uh, with all the auto-tune and stuff, you know. But, I mean, I love the shit out of Willie, but... Um, I don't know if that, that that's probably a little off topic. He's not really chasing a fad there. He's just trying to fix. Yeah. Well, I'm, more you know. what I'm talking about is like the where he had like the uh, the reggae record. Oh yeah. And then like he did have like he's had a couple of one-offs where it's like, oh, that's interesting. Like, I don't know who's. Well, he's also Willie Nelson. He's kind of like, oh, of I'll see whatever the fuck I want. You know, yeah. if I want to make a reggae song. I'll make a reggae song and it yeah. doesn't matter, you know. <laughs> uh another dude who kind of I would I would never I, I don't know. Maybe saying chasing the fads wrong, maybe like being lost in their careers sure, better, yeah. is uh is like Waylon Jennings in the 80s also kind of like he's yeah. after the outlaw thing and it's like you can't be an outlaw for fucking ever. Right. And yeah. like what does an outlaw even mean? Yeah. All that kind of stuff and kind of just not knowing what to do i think like merle haggard had a little bit of that but what's interesting is seeing some of those guys make it past that point yeah and then make like the old man record yeah and like actually have something to say at old age yeah, yeah. like you know and uh of course like probably the best of that is like just the american recording stuff by yeah. cash yeah but yeah um, no absolutely man i mean uh, yeah, I think everyone goes through their phases. I don't know. Like, if you don't go through phases, you're not, like, listening to yourself creatively, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, we can't really sit here and, like, judge their intentions, you know? Right. I mean, we can. That's what we're doing. <laughs> but, um, you know, I guess we don't really know what's going, what was exactly going through their head. But, I mean, that's, that's a fair guess. You yeah. know, they kind of reached a point where the whole outlaw thing was just... It's kind of come back now, the whole yeah. outlaw thing. Like, I've even been called an outlaw by... Uh, Rolling Stone called me an outlaw the other day. Like, I, I mean, I was like, what does that even mean? Like, right. you know, I don't... Can you just call people that now? Like, does that just mean that I'm... I, they don't play me on country radio? Like, yeah. I, you know, they play me on an outlaw country and not uh, country radio? Like, is that what that means? You know, I'm I think a lot really of times sure. that's what, the, what it is, but it's yeah. like... Uh, I don't know. Like, I like to believe it's more that you went to Nashville and like went to like the big executives and just gave them a middle finger yeah, and then walked yeah. out. And they were like, "I had a what? dream. I had a dream about that once, but I didn't do it for real." <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I don't know. Like, I definitely kind of have a. I'm definitely not the like pretty boy type, and I definitely have like sort of a battered past and stuff, you know. So maybe that's why or maybe it doesn't go as deep as that you know maybe it's just a way well, for press the, to be press you know i think so yeah I, I mean like it the revival if you will is just be out of the the sturgill stuff right right the, yeah, yeah stapleton sturgill isbel but i would never really you don't really characterize those guys as like no they've been outlaws yeah they're two guys with kids and families and you right. know just kind of but they, not less less Stapleton, but I mean, Sturgill's definitely giving the middle finger to the, the industry, you know, country, country, yeah. country establishment and that. But Stapleton's kind of embraced it, you know. He's yeah. kind of like bridging the gap a little bit, you know. Um, 
and he's he's not really one to i mean i listen to him on uh joe rogan's podcast like uh i don't know a couple months ago or something like that and he's he's a guy that just kind of toes the line you mm-hmm. know like he's not gonna say something that's gonna get him in trouble right you know um he's really conscious of what he says you know because he knows he knows his base you know he knows that his base is like people like me who doesn't give a fuck but more importantly you know country radio folks that give ultimate fucks you know <laughs> um so he's got to be careful with what he says you know right uh, he's smart i mean he's like protecting his career but yeah he's not an outlaw though dude I, I, what i love I, about that is like when he burst onto the scene as a solo artist yeah it was like um the background of hey this guy's been in all these bands he's written a whole lot of number one hits he's written over he's gotten over 100 cuts on uh by national acts yada 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 and then like people listen to him and they're like holy fuck this is what country music needs not any of that shit by and then like just Which Luke he's written most of that shit and yeah. then it's like oh he actually wrote like a lot of those songs you're like yeah. citing as being shitty songs right and but i also uh, like part of me thinks that he's such a good writer that he can just sort of like write about anything exactly you i think that's i mean like part he, can, of it. he probably was like oh i'm gonna write a song that's gonna make a bunch of money today and he wrote that like a Luke Bryan song or what was it like grab this beer or something like that or I I don't know I don't know I I saw like I think it was wide open country did like a video the other day of like songs you didn't know Chris Stapleton wrote yeah. um which I kind of did know but I guess the lay person doesn't know but yeah it was you know all those country radio dudes you know um mm-hmm. I I think part of part of that too is the uh it's just production. Yeah, yeah. And I think really deep down, like 90% of the people don't know the difference between like an okay lyric or an average lyric and a really fucking great lyric. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like it just kind of like everything, you can point out the bad lyrics easy, sure, but sure. you can't point out just the average stuff. Sure. You can't differentiate yeah. that between really good stuff. Yeah. If you, will. yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, that makes sense. Totally. And yeah. I think that that's a big part of it. It's just the, um, with country music being so rooted in tradition, it's easy to point out, well, that's not, that doesn't sound anything like my grandparents listened to. It didn't sound like anything like my parents listened to. So it's not country, but then it's a lot harder to differentiate the songs. Right. So if Stapleton did just record all those songs himself, they would be calling them fucking amazing songs. Right. Yeah. But, well, another know. thing that people don't talk about about Stapleton as much is, like, most of his songs are, like, soul, mm-hmm. blues, you know? Like, he's got, he's got like, a twang to him, for sure. Like, it's like Sturgill. Like, Sturgill's last record was not a country record. Yeah. But anytime he sings, it's going to sound like a country tune because he's got that, like, serious, like, twang mumbles, you know, yell kind of thing going on, you know? Right. So, but I think that's uh, people kind of glaze over that, you know, because um, they they want to just pigeonhole them and call them what they want to call them, you know what I mean? Yeah. What do you think? What did you think about Sturgill's last record? What What did you think of it? Just as since it's such a, it's more of a statement than sure. nine statements. Yeah. No, I think that uh, I think it's awesome. First of all. Um, 
I mean, I'm I'm kind of a diehard Sturgill fan. Um, I, I don't know if diehard is the right word, but I yeah. love I love all of his records. You know, I love the first one that's just kind of straight up country. Second one gets a little weird, and third one is not country. It's kind of more like it sounds like a Stax record. You know, mm-hmm. like Elvis Stax, something like that. Um, but yeah, I think that like seeing him do that um, was kind of also influenced this record for me you know um i'm like oh well you know he just made a record that wasn't country but everyone's calling it country and he just kind of did he kind of did what he wanted you know he produced it himself Mm -hmm. um and just kind of gave the middle finger to the establishment and some of his fans you know what i mean um i thought it was great man I wanted to use horns on this record, but I specifically didn't because Sturgill has so many horns. I didn't want to, like, be compared to his last record, you know? Yeah. Um, um, I have this theory about, like, the the three guys, like the Isbell, Stapleton, and Sturgill. Um, I think they're – I'll give you the the little version of it. Um, I think they're really, really great, right? They're – if you had to say, they're probably like the top three guys yeah. in the industry right now. Um, and you're not really going to find someone who really hates them. But I think that, like, uh, also they're really good at, like, the, the, really, the three phases of music, if you will. But if you boiled it down, you could, like, pinpoint what they're really good at specifically, what, like, what gravitates people. And I would say what like Isbell does really well is he's just a really the best songwriter out of the three. Yeah, lyrics. I mean, right? Yeah. And then I would say that Stapleton has like the best voice. He's able to like yeah. get that the best uh, emotion in the voice. Right. Yeah. And then I think that like Sergil, his big thing is more of a concept. Right. He's able to like relay that concept better than the other two. Sure. And like get that emotional aspect into that concept right so i think like what's what's going to end up happening is that we're going to morph them all into one super artist (laughs) (laughs) well i think what's going to happen is is like the um fans are going to stay longer with stapleton just because it's a it's easier to replicate right and it's much much more difficult to replicate like ideas and concepts sure and it's it's a lot harder i think so like I think um, state or Sergil's records, uh, you're gonna see like fans break off and go like you saw it like between the last two records. It's right. Like, yeah. well, I don't like this record because it's nothing like the last record. Yeah. And I think there's like it's it's just one of those things where um, at the end of the day you may like think of it as a better artist as a um, but you, you're gonna see people kind of like go. I, I I can't listen to that because I don't like it or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? That well, makes one sense. one strength of of Stapleton is like, of course, his voice. But another thing that makes him is going to give him that longevity and makes him so unique is just his ability to find a melody, mm-hmm. like find a catchy, catchy fucking melody. You know, like at first record, every song can get stuck in your head. You know, um, Sturgill. I think he, I mean, he said multiple times that he's only going to make, like, what did he say, like, five records or something like that, four records. I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if he actually will, but that kind of makes me think that 
maybe he he thinks he has a shelf life, you know, um, mm-hmm. and he he doesn't want to, you know, overuse that or something like that. Which I don't know. He may only make five records and then get into producing, you know. Um, who knows? I mean, we we can sit here and speculate yeah. all day. I mean, he did a good job on his record and Tyler Childers' record, um, and then Isbel. I mean, he, everything I've read about him is like he's he's so disciplined in his songwriting. Like he's one of those guys that like wakes up every day, pours a cup of coffee, and writes. You know, which is not me uh, at mm-hmm. all. I mean, I wish it was, but I'm not that disciplined at anything. You know. Um, but yeah, I I totally subscribe to your theory that, like, I kind of feel like Isbel um, has lost fans like even since Southeastern, you know. Yeah, I, mean? I do too. Because like, um, I mean, Southeastern kicked everyone's ass, and yeah, I mean, I can't say I, I like both of the newer records, but. I don't think he'll ever write a record that says go to Southeastern, you mm-hmm. know. Um, I hope he does. Yeah. You know, absolutely. I but think Southeastern just, it came at a right time. It came, yeah, yeah. like, it, it, he did capture a a region, yeah. if you will, yeah. in, in 12 songs and, like, didn't really skip over anything. And it just, the songwriting was just perfect and... There's some songs like that sort of nod to southeastern, like Speed Trap Town. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that was on his. That was on the, uh, the something second, more than free. Yeah, something more than free. Yeah, um, that song sounded like a southeastern cut, and I mean that song just made me think of like Texas, man, or like like small town Texas, right. like going to a football game, you know. Um, Remind me of like Giddings, Texas, like you know the town like right before you get to Austin that they change the speed limit from seventy five to thirty, yeah, and uh, <laughs> they just make all of their city and come on giving you know people going into Austin tickets, you know, right? But that he, I think he like captured that even like sonically in that song. So that's my favorite stuff that he does. You know, that song right there is, um, it's one of those songs where you have to listen to it. 10 times to yeah. really get what he's talking about yeah, absolutely. and really because I, I feel like that is just as much of a uh, gut punch if you will as like elephant or oh yeah I uh, think so too if we were vampires like there's yeah. a there's a real at, at the heart of that song it's fucking sad as hell you know yeah and uh, I don't know that's that's a what's well, one of his uh, a great example of him uh writing something that is more rewarding the more you listen to it sure and I don't, yeah. I'm not sure if you if he's even like aware of that kind of like writing or you know what I mean like if you if you set out to write something that's a little bit more harder to uh, understand the first time listening right, to it you yeah. know yeah all of this stuff is just more intellectual than Stapleton stuff like Stapleton stuff is more it's just more accessible. Like you can listen yeah, to course. it once and know what it's about, and um, which is why he's selling out like pavilions and stadiums and shit like that right. now. You know, um, 
and with a three-piece band at that you know just making it sound huge with a three-piece band that really blows my mind too you know people people sort of graze over how good of a guitar player he is too you know mm -hmm. he's just very tasteful and you know yeah. doesn't get too fancy i think all three of them have like yeah all three of them underrated. are great guitar players yeah all and Sturgill now just plays with like a four piece and I saw him like maybe eight months ago and I was a little skeptical at first, but yeah. it sounded really good. You know, it, it was different, you know, from going from, I never saw him with like the whole horn section and stuff like that, but uh, I can imagine it was a drastic change, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're wearing a culture wall hat. What do you think yeah. of culture? Uh, or at least that first record. I think he's like maybe the best songwriter out there right now. You know, um, just or I'll I'll take that back. I think he's the best storyteller songwriter out there right now. You know, um, and that he's only twenty two is yeah. just absurd. That's the know? part that gets me. Yeah, I mean, it <laughs> blows my mind. You know, I was I, I didn't even know English that well when I was twenty two. You know. Um, mm. <laughs> much less like writing these like classic country and folk songs that nod to murder ballads or Arlo Guthrie and um and then his you know I was also skeptical of his voice at first when I first heard it I was like that's not how his voice sounds he's putting that on but no nah, man that's uh, you hear him talk that's how he t that's how he talks you know yeah um I know what you mean because like whenever I first heard heard him heard him uh i went on youtube and like searched for interviews yeah to s catch a glimpse of like how he talked and it was like okay that's not just like a pretty much exactly how, how he sings <laughs> you know yeah man and i, I you know I, I got to see him live and he's the real deal man you know um yeah and there's not really anyone quite doing what he's doing right now either you know mm -hmm. um Cause he's he's just as good solo as he is with a band and um and he's 22 man that's yeah i i can't believe that yeah yeah i think uh it's also really hard to like capture that for a record oh sure you know what i mean yeah. and, and um well i think if anyone can do it like i think dave cobb um that's like his wheelhouse man like just that organic mm -hmm. um like capture the song as it is that's what he does you know so for him i can't think of a better producer you yeah know? i i just think like sometimes it can be hard to um get that raw emotion out of it you know what i mean sure. as far as like i think it's 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 easy or it's easier probably if you're up there by yourself acoustic to relay that emotion, get that emotion out. Yeah. Because there's a crowd there. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and that's one of those things I've always wondered about is like, how do you like go, how do you dig deep when it's just you, the producer, a couple engineers, and a few people in the studio? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. how do you get to that place? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I even read that. Um, one of I don't know which song it was off his first record, but one of them they just recorded outside. You know, Dave Cobb was like, I think this one just needs to be done outdoors. Hmm. 
and I, I, I would have to, I would have to find like which one it was, but, um, yeah, uh, I forget kind of what, what we were exactly yeah, talking about. I know. But, um, <laughs> Just like yeah, I mean, he's great, man. He's catching he's, that emotion. Yeah, catching that emotion. I mean. It's definitely tough to do in the studio, like just speaking from a yeah. you know personal perspective. Um, especially he- for for these songs, like my last two records were like sort of vulnerable, you know, mm-hmm. kind of put me in a like I wrote them pretty much all myself, um, and like in the dark with the candle lit, you know, like. Um, so it's a little easier to tap into those like personal experience, but this record is more of like funky and fun and it's just a kind of a different mood you have to get in, you know, um, you know, you kind of have to get into like more of like a rock and roll mood rather than, um, you know, this sad, whatever, you know? Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to ask is like, is it easier to, get up or get down you know what i mean as far as like trying to build the the energy or like trying to tone it down you know i don't know man is it just it's hard to say what's the same easier. thing but like just different yeah i yeah i think so that's a good question i really don't i really don't know never really thought about that i just kind of let the song right like I like my headphones to be really loud when I'm recording vocals, so I just kind of get a little bit lost, you know. Um, you know whether that's whether it's down or up, you know. Um, I don't know. It's just different. Uh, yeah, I think it's just different, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jamie Wyatt's on a lot of this new record yeah, here. Yeah. Uh, I guess she's come through town a few times. Yeah. She's also. An outlaw country artist. Yeah. Well, she has the prison I know, like, thing that's going what I was for say, her, though, man. She's got the, the, yeah. uh, the felony blues. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's got the prison thing going for her. Um, yeah, man. I mean, we're we're kind of we're really like minded. You know, she's kind of like a sister to me. You know, we've done a bunch of tours together, and um, you know, just the kind of way we look at music is similar. Um, but yeah, she has. If anyone's outlaw, she's outlaw. <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? She's legit outlaw. You know, um, I've no, I haven't done real time, so I, I guess I can't really, I can't really speak on that. But <laughs> she can. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what you, I guess like she was on a f- like three songs, right? Three or four songs. Did you yeah. guys write anything together? No. Um, she does like back like pretty much backgrounds on Paid mm-hmm. by the Mile and uh San Fernando Sunshine and Skinny Elvis is like sort of a pretty much a duet, you know, and initially we didn't really write it that way, but once we kind of recorded it in the studio and 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 heard what it sounded like, um you know, Ooh, Las Vegas came to mind and then naturally we were like, oh, we need to get a girl to double this and Jamie was my first call, so um, yeah, man. We we've sang a lot together, and you know we kind of familiar with each other's inflections and stuff like that. So it was pretty seamless, you know, pretty yeah. seamless. And it was fun too. 
and that certain song turned out uh pretty cool yeah you know, pretty cool the the elvis thing obviously skinny elvis casey musgraves just had velvet elvis oh out. did she she on a record uh her last record and then like one of my buddies daniel markham uh, has a new record coming out with a song called Velvet Elvis that he wrote really? like years ago. Really? And I was like, wow. All these damn Elvises Making a just comeback, like popping man. Up. Yeah. yeah. All these different Elvises. Exactly. That's <laughs> another guy with like a hundred versions of himself. I'm going to make like a Stax Elvis song next time. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. I remember there being, I don't know why I thought about this, but I remember um, this had to be like mid 90s SNL. There was like a SNL skit where they were like selling a remember how like they used to sell records on tv oh, like yeah, an infomercial yeah. for a record it'd be like the classic country hits of yeah. the back in the day or it'd be like get the greatest hits of whoever and i think this was like built around the the premise of like a, a christmas record but uh they had like where blah blah singing blah blah or i keep i'm gonna give just blank examples yeah first. and then they would pop up in the background and kind of like do their version of that song yeah yeah and because they would do those, and all this those is conway twitty yeah. Yeah. yeah and like there was this one it may have been like set up as a duet record i have to go find it but what i remember is there being like skinny elvis and like rob schneider oh like really? dressed up like uh as as elvis and like singing something and then like him fading away and then they're like and blah blah sings blah blah with fat elvis and john goodman being dressed up like elvis and like <laughs> singing another song and it, would be just, it was i don't know it was just like funny and uh like i said i'm out to find that i don't know why i thought of that other yeah than we got we got it from uh my producer actually pretty much wrote this whole song um but we have this mutual friend that he's just like this really it's like from uh north carolina i can't remember if it's north or south carolina but if i get it wrong he'll be mad at me <laughs> um i think it's north carolina but he's just like this really cool he's an artist too his name's kale baxley um he's just like this really cool and the way he talks is like you know they got this cool accent and just a smooth motherfucker. <laughs> and uh, we heard him refer to something as being cool. Was like, he was like, man, that's skinny Elvis all day long. And just like being like, oh, that's badass. You right. know? And so Eric was like, yeah, you know, I have to use that in a song, man. <laughs> so that's where the whole idea came from, you know? Yeah. So hopefully people start using skinny Elvis all day long as like a term for badass. That's... Yeah, that's my real purpose with this whole record. I yeah. always love finding the, uh, like, whenever you hear a, a an idiom that you think has been around for fucking ever, <laughs> and then you're like, how has that not been around forever? Know, and then yeah. like, and then it's like, oh, it's just right then, and and like that Skinny Elvis is one, um, on Turnpike's, not their last record, but the record before they had a, uh, everyone wants to be Hank Williams, but they don't want to have to die, which is like you know about like hard work and I was like yeah. has this not fucking been said a hundred <laughs> times yeah but yeah, there's uh, a lot of that stuff out there man one of yours that you kind of talk about in uh it's not really an idiom but it's like the whole uh, being paid by the mile thing oh sure and being yeah. paid by the song and uh I think that's pretty pretty funny too because yeah, it, it kind of relates yeah. to that truck driver thing sure yeah being paid by the mile yeah yeah I mean 
I think it was just it's just like a really relatable tune for anybody you know mm -hmm. um, and that's another one that I co-wrote with uh, this guy Ted Russell Camp who he's a bass player plays for like Shooter and everybody he's like everybody in LA you know um, yeah but yeah one thing I did for this record that I hadn't really done was like do a bunch of co-writes um, just kind of get out of my comfort zone a little bit and it was definitely productive you know um, but yeah we just wanted to kind of I knew I wanted to sort of write like a country disco kind of track you know Don Williams kind of thing yeah um, and uh yeah that's what we came up with man you know and it's we kind of wanted to give like a nod to the common man i guess you know what i right. mean um oh so yeah on these co-writes where is it is it something where it's you know you kind of like scheduled out time or is it more just like a organic kind of no these we actually like i actually like went over to his house and um you know uh we both kind of came to each other with you know came to the session with some ideas and mm -hmm. kind of whittled it down and he co-wrote heartbreak man with with me too um and you know he's he's been playing music for a lot longer than i have and kind of you know i i've got some ideas that maybe he wouldn't think of he's got some ideas that i wouldn't think of and you know um it was cool man like we it was a good experience and um, you know, he was he played bass on the whole record too, so he kind of knew my mindset going into it and kind of what I wanted to do. And yeah, um, so yeah, it was kind of good to have him there for that the length of the process. You know, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, is it is it easier to like relay what you wanted that song those songs to sound like once you guys got into the studio? You know what I mean? As far yeah, as like I think building so. it up with. Yeah, because I think I kind of, like, already had the references for the tunes and, um, you know, kind of already knew what I wanted to put on it. And, you know, we had even discussed, like, during the co-write kind of what we wanted it to sound like a little bit. And, you know, we've worked together enough to kind of have a language developed. Um, same with the, my producer, the same thing. Like, right. it's the third record I've done with him. So, um, yeah, we sort of have that language now that... You know, we can just sort of know what the other one's thinking. And also at the same time, you know, we have no problem telling each other, like, no, that sucks. You know, right. which I think is such an important thing for the whole creative process is being able to tell whoever you're working with. That that's just that's just not a good idea. You yeah. know, or that doesn't sound good. You know? Yeah. Otherwise, if there's not that, like, honesty, you're kind of fucked. You know? Right. I That's what... Uh with with the music business especially i feel it's such a um it can be it can be such a like good old boy kind of thing like yeah. everyone patting everyone on the back yeah and like there's rare like it, it's kind of like at times turns into that versus like you know what like no that's that is a bad idea like yeah. no that, no let's yeah. not do that and it's it's uh obviously whenever you're able to be honest enough with somebody to tell them that's not good yeah that's uh, that's what makes good art yeah sure man i mean because not everything i think of is good or cool i mean most of it is not good <laughs> or cool um so i need someone to tell me like because otherwise i'm gonna be sitting on it for like three months or longer and then i'll figure out that it sucks you know right. rather than having someone like right in front of me tell me like 
no, let's move on. Yeah, yeah. you know, say it in a nice <laughs> way, you know. Yeah. What I always wonder is, because um, this is, I relate it to the way I would do records. I'd be like, okay, I've got this song idea. And then I'd probably have like three examples of songs that I kind of was wanting it to sound like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, kind of like in the way that you're talking about with uh, the Ula Las Vegas kind of feel. Right, right? yeah. How often does that happen for you? Like, as far as like you writing a song and then you're like using examples of other stuff to relay what you're talking about, or is there just a more? I mean, pretty much every song, you know, like like "Paid by the Mile." um, I reference like Tulsa time, you know. Yeah. Um, for I shouldn't probably be giving away all my secrets here. Um, for uh, for quick fix, we sort of reference like cold, 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 little feet, um, and even even to go a little further, like I have references for recording, and then I also have references for mixing. You know, like yeah. Oh, I want the I want the groove and the and the and the feel to be similar to this. But then, you know, once we have all that um, recorded, then like, oh, but I want the mix to sound like this, yeah. you know, or I want the drums to sound like this, you know, because I don't, I'm not, a, I'm not a mixing engineer, so I can't be like, oh, well, you know, do this, put some highs there, or what, you know, whatever, you know, I can do a little bit of that, but it's better if I'm just like, make it sound close to that, you know? Yeah, because um, I feel like I've asked a, a few people that and they were like, uh, no, not really. And I feel like that would probably be the easiest way to relay what you're thinking of. Yeah. And I don't know if it's just because, like, I don't know, that's not cool to do or something. You know what I mean? Like, well, I'm they, cooler yeah, to they, be like, I thought of all this by myself. Kind well, of thing. yeah, they probably, but, yeah, most of the time they probably just, I have, I have no problem, you know, like, admitting my influences and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, there's like an old quote like great artists steal or as you know something yeah. along those lines yeah. you know um not to say that i'm just stealing stuff from everybody yeah. but like everything's been done you know like i'm not, I'm not doing anything new right now yeah. you know i might be like melding some stuff that's a little bit new or whatever but um it's pretty much all been done by now you know so uh, you know anything i do is probably something that I've heard, you know, and then, you know, I'll push the envelope a little bit. Like I've never heard phaser, a phaser pedal on a Wurlitzer, you know, so that's something we just tried out and it sounded cool, you know? Um, but yeah, as far as like just referencing songs and stuff like that, I don't, I don't see how that's not healthy, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but I can see how it's hard for an artist to admit that. Yeah. Cause I, I just, I don't know. I feel like that'd be, that's what I would do, basically. Yeah, yeah. Or like, I always thought like, um, oh, I'm gonna make this record. I want it to sound like blank, blank, and blank, right? Like yeah. three records, and kind of like figure it out along the way as sure. far as yeah. how it sounds yeah. in the studio. But I don't know. Um, I, that's the best way to me, man. I yeah. don't know. I don't know how everyone else does it, but <laughs> that's I, how I do it. But uh, yeah, we've been rolling about an hour here. Cool, man. Yeah, Yeah. it's been fun. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah.